a listener production. Hi, I'm Elle Ferguson and this is Sliding Doors, where I chat with inspirational people from the world of fashion and beauty about their sliding door moment. That is, the moment they took a chance or made a life change that led them to where they are now at the top of their game. Having founded my own fashion and beauty brand, The Elle Effect, I know that succeeding in these industries isn't easy. So I'm inviting the people I admire most on the podcast to share their stories, insights, and tips for turning your passion into a career. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. On this episode, I'm joined by Mariana Hewitt. She's one of the original influencers who started her career in the entertainment industry, talking all things fashion and beauty. She also started her YouTube channel in 2012. She now runs Summer Fridays with a bestie and is a favorite amongst Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, Kim Kardashian, and Jessica Alba. Oh my gosh. I was thinking about the last time I saw you <laughs> was at Coachella yes. a few years ago and we had just launched Summer Fridays. Yes. And now we are here. I've been a huge fan of Mariana Hewitt since I started blogging back in 2012. Mariana is a voice of wisdom. She is my go-to when I need to know what beauty to buy. I am so excited, as I always say, but my guests rock. So I'm so excited to talk to Mariana Hewitt. Hi, Mariana. Welcome. Hi. It's been a long time since I've seen you. I think the last time I saw you in person was Coachella three years ago. I know the good memories, the good... Actually, I think we saw each other in New York at Fashion Week when you were launching, I think your second product for Summer Fridays and you actually gave me one in reception. Oh my God. I remember running to go shoot and then I saw you and I was like, congratulations. And you were like, here, I've got one in my bag. It was the best. Fashion Week is always such a blur. I know, I miss it so much. It's just so nice to kind of reconnect with everybody those times of the year. Definitely. It's like a school reunion, especially in September. That is 100% what it's like. It is like a big school reunion of all the influencers and, and beauty blog owners and everything like that. Thank you for doing the podcast. The way I love to start is a thing called the fast five. So they're just a set of rapid fire questions Don't think about it too much. I find the quicker you answer, the more honest you answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Sweet or salty? (laughs) Sweet. Nice. Okay. What was your last purchase? Oh, my last purchase? I got a smoothie today. (laughs) Nice. What would I always find in your fridge? In my fridge, probably fruit and energy drinks. Okay. Favorite movie? I don't actually have a favorite movie. So fun fact about me is I don't like to watch movies twice because I already know what happened. So I usually only watch movies one time, but a movie that I've watched over and over again, my one exception is Love Actually. Oh my God, I love that. Okay, there, I've learned something new about you today. And lastly, the last song you have listened to. Oh, the last song I listened to, um, there's a singer, her name is Snow. She's amazing. Her album just came out like a few weeks ago and it's just on repeat in my car. Oh, I love that. Now, Mariana, I've been a huge fan of yours for years and years and years. And what I love about you is that I feel like you're part of that OG group of kind of bloggers turned influencers. And now, of course, a business owner. I would love to know, where did you grow up? Like, where did it start for you? 
So I've been doing this for a long time, just like you. And it's like the group of people that have been doing it for a long time. Actually, you know what I was thinking about when you guys had the site where you guys would post all of the pictures and I would go on and like save all the inspo pictures. Yes. That feels like forever ago. It feels like forever ago, but I loved it. And when you guys stopped uploading, I really liked it. So it needs to come back. I know. I loved it. Um, So kind of like where it all started was I grew up really loving and having a passion for sharing things with people. Mm-hmm. And I loved like in the US, there's a show, MTV TRL was like a show growing up. I would watch it every day after school, which is definitely really aging me right now. And <laughs> um, they had amazing hosts on there. And I looked up to hosts like Vanessa Manillo and yeah. Brooke Burke and Molly Sims. And I just thought it was the coolest job. And I loved them. And I also really loved Oprah. And I loved that Oprah had favorite things. And so I was yeah. like, how can I share my favorite things with an audience. I want to be a TV host, but that's not really a traditional career path. So um, broadcast journalism is more like the career path you would follow in school. That was the path I was going down. And then I realized news wasn't for me. And so I told my mom after school, I want to move to LA. I want to be a TV host. And she's like, okay, that sounds great, but you need a realistic plan and dream. And so my backup job was PR. So I started working in PR as my first job out of college. Um, In Los Angeles, I was working as an assistant for a celebrity PR firm. And I was taking a lot of these celebrities to interviews. And I I was always taking them to interviews I realized I still want to be the one interviewing them, not the one taking them to interviews. Yeah, yeah. So in any free time that I had, I was taking TV hosting classes because that's a lot different from being a news anchor. And I was building yeah. my reel and ended up working um, in entertainment news and then in fashion and beauty for a few years before starting my blog and YouTube channel. So where I am today is always the things I wanted to do when I grew up. I just didn't know it was a job and it, it didn't become a job until you know my late 20s where it was possible to be an influencer. But it was definitely everything I envisioned myself doing just on my own platform now instead of on somebody else's show. Which I think is incredible. And, and what I love about this podcast is talking to so many amazing people that are actually doing jobs now that didn't exist, say, 10 years ago which is kind of so exciting. I mean, you're saying that you're doing what you wanted to do, but it's on your kind of own terms. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what's so amazing about social media and the landscape that it is now is that it's molded to a place where we've got these jobs that that just didn't exist. I mean, it excites me about the future because it makes me think like, what's ahead of us? You know what I mean? What's there that's not here now? Absolutely. And I think now with the internet, so many more things are possible where when I first was auditioning for jobs, you needed to have a reel, but you couldn't make a reel unless you got booked jobs. But now with YouTube, social, all of these platforms, you can really create shows and a reel for yourself. And when you're pitching yourself, if you want to have a TV show or be a host, you have actual numbers, stats, or real content to show someone. And if someone doesn't want to hire you, you can take it into your own hands and have your own show on YouTube and do it yourself. And I love that side of the internet. 100%. So this podcast is all about sliding doors. And I would love to learn a little bit more about your big sliding door moment, a moment that kind of just changed the way that you were going. So in 2012, I uploaded my first YouTube video. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was, that's when I was working, I was trying to go on auditions and it was really a place for me to upload my reel so I could send a link to people. So when I was auditioning (laughs) for jobs, I had something to send them. And because I already had the YouTube channel while I was sharing my reel for auditions, 
I was like, okay, I love hair and makeup and beauty. I'm just going to record some videos and put them up here. So I uploaded my first beauty tutorial in February of 2012. And I had no idea then that it would become what it did today. Yeah. And from there, shortly after I got a job, my first full-time job working as a fashion and beauty host. And I had, was so busy at work. I just didn't have the time to do YouTube on the side and have my full-time job and like work crazy hours. And so when I was at work, I would post on Instagram. In 2013, I started my Instagram account. It's so crazy to think so, so crazy, long ago. So long ago. <laughs> and I would post on Instagram and I would post when I would go on red carpets and do interviews. And I was posting from events that I was attending for work as a journalist. Yeah. And it started to be less about who did you interview? Where can I watch this interview? And like, what are you wearing? How did you do your hair and makeup? Mm-hmm. And the questions became more about me. So I was becoming influential on my Instagram before being an influencer was even a word. And at that time, you remember it was the days of like the popular page on Instagram. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like the TikTok yeah. for you page now. Yeah. And every time I would get on the popular page, I would get like a thousand followers. And yes. I was like, oh my gosh. And it was growing so fast, which it's so difficult to do on Instagram now. Yeah. And that's really what changed my career because it gave me my own platform and yeah. gave people interest in what I was doing personally. And so in February of 2014, I launched my blog and I posted it on my Instagram and then my site crashed. And that's when I was like, okay, there's something here because these people are willing to come off of this platform and find out what I'm doing, wearing, buying, whatever on another platform. And so it was in 2014 that I realized, okay, I can do something with this. And shortly after found management. And then by April of that year was a full-time blogger, which is what we called it then. Yeah. I love that you made your own sliding door moment. You are the first person that I've spoken to that's kind of owned their own sliding door moment, which is quite amazing. And I can just remember back to those days when you mentioning them, when I had my blog and people started to want to know who you were and what you backed and what you liked. And it was such a turning point. And even just you saying the popular page on Instagram, I literally remember that when you'd pop up there and then get those like thousands of followers overnight. You've just made me like had a real like flashback moment. With that, who supported your dreams right back at the beginning? I would say that I supported my own dreams because I had the vision for what I could do. And I believed in myself before people really knew that being a blogger was a career you could take seriously. And even when I was wanting to become a TV host. And so at the time you have to think, there was not a lot of bloggers to look up to. It was not a career like it is today. And brands were not really spending money with people the way that they are. So I think now you can become an aspiring influencer. You can start a platform and then you know that there's a way to monetize this eventually. There's more people to look up to, to follow their career path. But in our day when we started, (laughs) there was no one. So you had to believe in yourself that Mm -hmm. you could do this. But back in 2012, 13, 14, you have to think like, there was no path to follow. So we were really just doing it out of the genuine love of creating content and posting it online every day just for people to enjoy, not even thinking it would become the careers that it did for us. And so it was just really different. It was a different time, but I believed that I could make something out of it because I was like, I've been doing this as a job for so long. I understand Google SEO. I know how to film and edit videos. I understand photography and social media. And I knew so many things from, you know, even my job in PR, even though it was short, I learned about PR and how to like PR myself and eventually for our own brand. And then in my other jobs, so it's like I kind of took little pieces that I learned 
from everywhere and applied it to my own new business, which I didn't even know it was a business at the time. And so I think believing in yourself, it's okay if other people tell you no, it's okay if other people don't believe in you. But I think you need to be your own biggest cheerleader because once you prove everybody right, then they'll get on board. But sometimes all you need to do is like trust in yourself. That's so true. And I think something that I adore about you and I found, you know, right back at the beginning, such a unique part of who you were was you shared so much. And I feel like even back at the beginning when people were a little bit guarded because, I mean, people were trying to work out how people were doing things. You know what I mean? And the people that were doing amazing things kind of, I've always felt like they were very closed up. And I think one of the main reasons that I still love every day seeing what you're up to and looking at your page and what you're doing is because you share so much. And I remember you doing your grid on Instagram in colors. So everything like flowed and all the colors. And I remember thinking to myself, how has she done this? And then you literally just sat there and told everybody how to do it. And I was like, this is such an amazing person to have the confidence to share. Has that always been part of your kind of makeup to to share what you learn? I feel like I don't ever want to be like a gatekeeper of information if it's Mm going to help other people. And from actually sharing this video of how I edit my Instagram photos and plan my feed, this is when people were just trying to figure out Instagram brands, media companies. And so Harper's Bazaar had picked up this YouTube video that I did and it went viral. And that really grew not only my YouTube, but then people went to my Instagram because they're like, okay, if she's teaching us how to do Instagram, what does her Instagram look like? And then it also solidified my career as a blogger influencer in a different kind of world of media where these places were not really covering influencers yet. And so it gave me another level of credibility. And that was just genuinely me wanting to share stuff with other people. And it worked out. And I feel like there is so much space for all of us, whether it's a brand, beauty products, influencers, whatever it is, there's so much room for all of us. We should just share the information so that all of us succeed. Because if the influencer industry and beauty industry or fashion industry is succeeding as a whole, then we all win. There is no one that uses or wears all of one brand. Everybody follows so many influencers. (laughs) There's, There's enough access for all of us. And instead of viewing people or other people as competitors, we should want a lot of people to be on Instagram every day. We should want people to have a lot of engagement because it's better for all of us when the platform is succeeding. And so my love of sharing always came through in everything that I did, just in different platforms, whether it was on YouTube, I could share beauty tutorials. On Instagram, it could be like lifestyle. And then now... I feel like podcast, which I launched um, at the end of last year, was a way for me to give even more value to people where it was like, I had this amazing network of friends and I could call on them anytime I needed help. But maybe people don't have access to the same network. How can I get this wealth of information to so many other people to inspire or motivate them in some sort of way? And so I find so much joy in doing that. And I love that I can help people. Even if I've never met you, if it could help you at yeah. some way in your life, it gives me so much like passion and purpose. I love that. And I have to be honest, I remember the first time we met on a Revolve trip and I was so nervous to meet you and you were like the nicest person in the world. And I was like, you were just really nice. You know, it just was like, it's so refreshing 
when people lead with kindness, you know what I mean? And I think it's, oh, thank it's, you. yeah, it just was nice. I just think there's, there needs to be more people like you in the world would be. You are too. And then I also, one, you're so nice. And two, I was like, oh my gosh, you're so tall. <laughs> people always say that. I think I mustn't look as tall online as I do in real life. It's quite funny. <laughs> so unseen sacrifices, because I know people often look at the influencing space and think, wow, it's, it, it looks amazing. It's all bells and whistles. What are some of the unforeseen sacrifices that you have had to do along your way? It's definitely difficult. And even if you post Instagram stories all day long, it still only adds up to like five minutes of your entire day, even if you're sharing a lot. Yeah. It was such a small snippet of what it actually is like. Yeah. You know, obviously it hasn't been like this lately, but pre-COVID, we were traveling a lot. All of us yeah. were traveling all the time. And yes, it is amazing. We are so grateful for the opportunity to do this. But when you're traveling so frequently, you get to go to these great places, but then you're away from your life at home. And I think the biggest sacrifice is that you're away from your family, friends, loved ones. You're away from your own routine and self-care yeah. and the things that just like your daily habits and schedule that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. And it's such a balance because you don't want to turn down these opportunities to go to an amazing place and meet great people and do all of these things. But then you're leaving basically your life at home every yeah. week, every other week. And that takes a toll on your friendships, your relationships, your family, your, your health, all of these things. And so I think there's just like a balance of moving forward. What does that look like? How frequently do I travel for work? Like what's really necessary? How can I do enough of the work travel part, but still be home? Because I've a uh, silver lining of the last year has been, I've really got to enjoy my time just like being home in LA and having my daily habits and taking care of myself and having a routine and schedule and eating well and working yeah. out. And um, <laughs> you're a better version of you, aren't you? It's quite bizarre how much you put back into you. Because yeah. I found the same thing and I was like, oh my gosh, I can work out every day. I can eat well. Because it's like, it's all amazing the travel, but your eating schedule is so messed up and you don't have time to work out. Like it's, it, there is no self-care. And then honest. you still have work at home. So like you're Dude. gone on a brand trip, but like you still have your brand. You still have your emails yeah. and work and things to do. So you would leave a fashion show and come back to your room and like quickly try to get yeah. on Wi-Fi to get back to people about things. So I think that part is difficult. And being an influencer for a long time is hard. Even being an influencer, if you're just starting is hard. There are yeah. so many difficulties along the path. And so let's say you're an aspiring influencer. It's hard to even get to the point where you're starting to work with brands. Yeah. Then once you do, you have to maintain that and then grow and then continue to work with brands as you're growing your audience at the same time while still trying to find new ways to keep them engaged, engaged yeah. with you, your content, your life. And so it's kind of like this never-ending cycle as an influencer because there's not really like a a project where it's like an end goal and then it's just done. It's just like yeah. a consistent loop of creating forever. So if you are interested in becoming an influencer, content creator, you have to really, really love it because there are most of the time, 90 something percent of your content is not sponsored and it's not yeah. monetized. No. It's just for the pure love of doing it. And then you do get these brand partnerships, but then you have to like continue to do it because there's no job security, there's yeah. no health benefits, there's no <laughs> schedule. Um, if anything, it's a longer schedule because events are nights and weekends. And so there are so many positives to it, but I think it's definitely easier to do like when you're in your 20s. And as you get a little bit older, it definitely gets more difficult to do just like because life and family and everything yeah. gets in the way. Speaking of your brand, I want to talk about Summer Fridays because I think it's incredible 
just the shift from being the influencer to the brand owner. And I would just love to hear about how Summer Fridays started. Um, So Summer Fridays started, my partner Lauren Ireland and I, we started working on the brand in 2016. And from a love of sharing products for so long, we were like, let's create something. And Lauren was a blogger. She was a lifestyle blogger. Also at the same time, we had similar career paths. And she was really early pregnant with her now four-year-old son. And she was cleaning out her makeup routine, trying to find products that worked for her that she could use through pregnancy. And she found that a lot of brands weren't really resonating with her or they just weren't effective. And then I had so much love of product for so long. And I had so much information from being a beauty influencer of where does my followers shop? How much do they spend? What are they looking for? At the time, they really cared about cruelty-free and vegan. And a lot of mm-hmm. brands were not launching that way. And you know, now a lot of people just launch. It's just like a given. Yeah. So that was really important to them. And so we took her needs and my loves and mixed them together <laughs> and came out with Summer Fridays. Um, our first product we dreamed up was Jet Lag Mask, which is yes. still our bestseller since launch. And Lauren was an early mom by the time the product came out. And she, her jet lag was like just being exhausted and tired. Yeah. And she was a new mom. And so her <laughs> jet lag was like physically just like tired of taking care of this tiny human. And then my jet lag was like being jet lagged from traveling all over yeah. the world for work and being so tired. And so I wanted to create a product that when I landed, I could put it on my skin. I instantly looked more dewy and hydrated and rested. And I, yeah. I my skin just felt so much better. And by March of 2018, we launched the brand. Um, Summer Fridays launched at Sephora. And actually shortly after I saw you, you spoke about retailers in Australia. Um, And there's so many amazing ones there. And I had some insight from you and other friends in Australia. And we ended up launching at Mecca there, which has been so incredible for us. They have the most beautiful stores. And now we're available at over a thousand stores globally. It's so amazing. Congratulations. And if you're listening to this and you haven't tried that jet lag mask, whatever's in it, it's like magical because I know when my skin is just dull, I can put it on and you get that glow. It's like, it's It's magic. It really is. It's like one of a kind. And so many people I know in my circle swear by it. And the best part is, is that each of us use it differently which I love. You know what I mean? Like some of us put it on as a mask and wash it off. Others people leave it on and sleep in it. Other people use it as their base for their makeup. It's quite funny because it's just one of those products that everybody has, but they all use it differently, which I love. Can I ask about right back at the beginning of Summer Fridays, did you see a shift in the market of the influencer turning into the brand founder? Did you, because I feel like you were at the beginning of that shift? And did you see something happening where you kind of felt, I need to pivot in who I am? It wasn't a pivot. It wasn't like other people are doing this, so I need to do this because in 2016, it was oh, not no, where you it were, is today. No, yeah, hell no. Like, yeah. You were you were at the beginning. That's what I mean. I feel like, the because I felt like I launched pretty much the same time as you. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really scary because nobody else was doing it. And nobody yeah. took me seriously here in Australia. Like I remember knocking on chemists' doors and saying like, can I sample with you? And nobody took me seriously. So I actually get manufactured in California because people took me seriously. So I would just love to hear from you what that beginning looked like. Yeah, we were really 
just conscious of that at the beginning because there was not a lot of influencer founded brands at the time. Mm -hmm. And even now, if you launch one, there's just like a certain perception that people have. And so at that time, the people who had launched brands would be Jen Atkin, Huda Beauty. There's only a couple of them. So there was not a lot of a lot of people to look up to just kind of like when I started as an influencer. And so we said, okay, if we're going to be an influencer founded brand and we're going to be a skincare brand, our products first and foremost have to be effective and they have to work. Yeah. And at the core of who we are, if people are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, like, oh, these influencers started a skincare brand, which now we proved ourselves a few years later, but at the yeah. very beginning, we we're like, it has to be so good. But we always wanted the brand to live beyond us, which is why we called it Summer Fridays and not after ourselves because it was a conscious choice to say, we want to build this brand outside of us being influencers that so that it can live without us. It can be bigger yeah. than us and it cannot rely on our personal platforms. And so that was a really conscious decision that we made um, to call it Summer Fridays because we wanted it to have like a Summer Fridays feeling. And so I would say we just tried extra hard. We put in all the extra work that we could to be taken seriously. Yeah. So we'd worked on the brand. We were planning on launching just direct to consumer on our website, but launching at Sephora was always a dream of ours. And after time, they ended up wanting to carry us, which we were so grateful for. And (laughs) I think we were the first influencer founded skincare brand there. Um, I'm trying to think like for hair, they had Jen at the time and then for makeup, they had Huda, but they didn't have any in skin yet. And so that was a first product, um, I think. I could be wrong, but I can't think of another one that no, uh, no, an, an influencer found a brand. So I would say at the beginning, you just have to make sure that everything's like just the products that work. And I think that's why it was so important to us to launch with a product that was so versatile, that did have such like a wow effect after you yeah. used it, that was really catchy online and that wasn't named after us so that regardless of our influence, you could like it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it was definitely a different time then. And I think now retailers like really want influencer-founded brands because they understand how helpful it is of driving people to the store and tagging the retailer all the time and how much foot traffic and online traffic it could drive. So there's so many benefits to it, but it was definitely very early then. Totally. And in that, have you ever had a time where you've kind of thought, oh my goodness, this is too hard. A lot of people call it imposter syndrome. Like if you had a moment where you've just gone, I just need to walk away. It's too hard. So I was speaking actually at Revolve. This is funny. I was speaking at Revolve and a girl had asked me a question about imposter syndrome. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. She had to explain it to me. Yeah. Because to me... There's definitely those moments that I have in my life, but I think not even like, you know, thinking about this term or this word of like, I'm not supposed to be here. I just don't even want that in my vocabulary. I don't even want that kind of mindset because everyone who's already doing it, that could be you. So like, why not you? So don't have this mindset like, I don't deserve to be here. This is not really my life because it is your life. If you worked for it and you did the stuff and you're there and you're doing it, then you deserve to be there and kind of get this thought process out of your head of like, oh, I can't believe this is my life. Because I've definitely had those moments, but then I have to be like, no, I I deserve to be here. I've done the work to be here. We have great products or I've worked as an influencer for this long. And so I think if you're listening and you have these things of imposter syndrome, just know that everybody else was just like a normal person at one day too. And they decided to start whatever it is they wanted to start. And if they can do it, why not you? It's so true. And it's so nice to hear because 
I think on this podcast series, it's been so nice to speak to so many amazing people doing amazing things. But when you break it down, everybody kind of starts in the same place. Do you know what I mean? The difference is just really hard work and and putting in that extra bit to get more out at the other end. It, It does really break it down and make it real, which is Really nice. I mean, you started a YouTube channel. You know, everybody can start a YouTube channel. Everybody starts with zero followers. This is true. We all start at zero. Some people can grow a little bit faster because they were on a TV show or maybe they went viral on a TikTok or whatever, but we all started at zero. Yeah. There's ways to grow it. Some people just grow faster than others, but don't worry about the people that you're trying to gain on your following. Just try to grow the community and engage with the people that you do have. And then the followers will come. Yeah, I love that. You've worked with amazing brands, so many. I mean, I could list off a million, but I would love to hear from you some of your favorites or or experiences that you've had with working with brands. So I love a mix of, you know, established brands that I've worked with for a long time and then new and indie brands too, because they're just, they all bring something different. Yeah. And a brand that I love is Dyson Hair. So I had a meeting with Sephora the day that the Dyson Airwrap came out. And mm-hmm. I went to go buy it and it was sold out. And they were like, you just have to put your email address in. Like, we'll notify you when we're able to get some more. And I waited. Finally, the in-stock email came. I bought it. And then I was like, at first I was like, okay, I don't really know how to use it. And then once I got the hang of it and I started using it correctly, I cannot do my hair without it. And so <laughs> I would always post these Dyson tutorials. Like they never paid me. I bought all the machines myself. Yeah. And after like two years of posting this Dyson Air app, I started working with Dyson and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best because I just genuinely share them all the time. And I never think of things of being like, oh, I'm giving away free whatever of talking for these other brands. Like people follow me to get product recommendations. So I want to share stuff just organically all the time. And so that was a partnership where it's like, I genuinely just shared it for so long that it eventually turned into something bigger. I love that. Other brands I love are like Slip Silk. I wear their scrunchies and pillowcases all the time. I love them. We did like a little collaboration with them um, with Summer Fridays a few years ago. We did like a scrunchie with like mini face masks. It was so cute. And then I love new indie brands too. And so there's a smaller brand that I work with. I don't know if it's smaller is the right word, but like a newer brand. It's called Array, A-R-R-A-E. Okay. And they have these supplements. Oh yes, I've seen you taking them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was following Melissa Wood Health on Instagram. She was posting about these and I was like, "Mm, these sound interesting. I ordered them. And I became obsessed with them and I would just post them and use them all the time. And then I started working with them. And I think as a brand founder, it makes you a better influencer because you really understand what people are going through on the brand side. And when you're a smaller brand and you have a small budget, you really want your money to like work for you. And so I always try to give extra love to the smaller and indie brands that I work with because yeah. I know their budgets aren't as big. And you know, I give everyone the same amount of love and do the same yeah. quality work for everybody, but it's just something to be mindful of because as a small brand with Summer Fridays, we work with influencers too. And I would hope that they would do the same. Oh, I could completely. It's so funny when you sit on both sides, you really respect both sides of the table. Do you know what I mean? And and it is very true. I also think there's something unique in actually buying the product yourself and falling in love with it. And then having the brand say like, do you want to work together? It's kind of, it's a real dream come true. And that happens. I think you had the same experience I did with Amani Beauty. I mean, I had been a fan of theirs for so many years and it always said that was like my go-to. And then when they were like, let's work together, you can be an ambassador. I was like, this is a dream come true. (laughs) Luminous Silk is the best foundation ever. 
It is, isn't it? I've actually got it on now and it, it is my go-to at all times. So it's amazing. Mariana, your followers trust you so wholeheartedly as a beauty expert. How did you create such a trusted voice in the beauty industry? By really consistently posting products that I was genuinely purchasing. So we spoke about, you know, I love Dyson and I loved it so much that I bought it and I shared it. And really doing that consistently for so long, it takes a long time to build an audience. It doesn't happen overnight, but from years of having a YouTube channel, blog, and Instagram of sharing products because I genuinely love them. Over time, I really built credibility. So when it was time to launch a brand, people trusted my advice. People trusted my recommendations because they knew what my standards were for so long. Consistency is key, isn't it? With any kind of posting. Yes. So whereabouts do you get your inspiration from? It just depends. I spend a lot of time on Instagram and I see so much on Instagram, which I think is a plus and minus because if you spend too much time on Instagram, you end up being inspired by everything you're already seeing and you're not creating anything unique either for your brand or for yourself. And so it's good to be on there just to get a sense and a pulse of like what's happening, Mm -hmm. but don't take it as literal inspiration or else there's already somebody else or another page or brand or something doing that. So I also really love Pinterest. If I'm looking for something specific, basically any kind of image I can find on Pinterest, I'll find it and then just go down this rabbit hole of like related (laughs) images and then just keep saving those. Um, I get really inspired by my surroundings. So I'm very affected by what the room around me looks like, the location that I'm in. Is there natural light? Like what is the furniture like? And which is why I really like home and interior design stuff because... I really am someone who's, especially being, is basically in my living room for a year and a half. I am so affected by like the areas around me, but that really inspires me too. And so inspired by our community for Summer Fridays. So something that we do is we post on Instagram stories, like pretty frequently asking about product requests, recommendations, like what skincare concerns are you looking for? And they have the best ideas. And if we see something come up over and over and over again, then we know this is the right direction that we're moving in that our customers want. And so I'm always inspired by them and my peers. Like I love following my friends online and I love seeing what they're doing, where they're going, where they're shopping, what products they're using. (laughs) And it inspires me so much. And they honestly keep me so motivated because we're all in this together. And when I see everyone like hustling or getting a great sponsored content or like a great job, it's like you want to cheer them on. And so I'm inspired by them too. I love that. It's very true. It's a, it's a, we're very lucky to have the peers that we have around us because I do think they lift you up. You know what I mean? And especially when you do launch a new product or a new brand or something, the best thing ever was knowing that you could reach on them. You know what I mean? And just say like, Hey, can I send you something? And then get a Mm -hmm. shout out. It was, it's, I feel very blessed to be part of the group that I'm part of. So it's amazing. So what's next for you? What are you working on now? Oh, what am I working on now? I feel like there's always a million (laughs) things going on. Um, I'm actually just working on trying to stay present. So we always have like a product launch. And then the next week, people will be like, what's next? And I'm like, okay, we're still focusing on the thing that just came out. And so I'm trying to be present in the moment and focus on the things that are going on today versus always like looking forward to something in the future while still making goals for myself in the future and like working towards certain things. And it's such a balance because I feel like everybody was like realizing things in the last year and a half. And a big practice that I added into my life was meditation. Mm -hmm. And that was all about being present. 
And I felt like just the speed of the internet, the speed of launches, the speed of everything, I was going through things so fast and not actually taking a moment to be like, wow, this is so amazing what we just did. So what I'm working on next is focusing on what's happening today (laughs) while still making these goals and stuff for the future. And so um, right now for Summer Fridays, it's just focusing on the retailers that we're out and supporting those and supporting our launches that have come out so far up to now. We still have a pretty small, tight assortment, um, but growing rapidly. Yeah, but they're great. They're all hero products. They're all amazing. I have to get my hands on the new um, lip balm. When you guys launched that, it just I was like, oh my gosh, this is something. I need another lip balm. I need this it's lip balm. It's the best <laughs> lip balm. As an influencer, it's just trying to you know find ways to evolve and change up my content while still being in the same city all the time. And yeah, I have tried to change my mentality of like not worrying about growing my following, but just mm-hmm. focusing on the followers that I do have and giving them value in some sort of way through all of the yeah. content that I create. Because Instagram is like, you never know what's going on. If you're going to grow a lot of followers, yeah. if you're not, if it's going to be fast, if it's going to be slow. So instead of worrying about that, which I cannot control, what I can control is like what I am sharing. And so... That's what I'm working on. I love that you're focusing on the now because I do think, why can't we sit in the moment? You know what I mean? And it's it's so true when you launch a product. Literally the question everybody asks is what's next? And you're like, guys, I've been working on this for like a year and a half. Can we just focus on this for a minute, please, please? So- yeah, everybody wants like the next thing. So I think just being mindful of that. And I think that's been so helpful. I, it's a constant reminder that I have to give myself. yeah. And I just think if things move so quickly that it's like, okay, let's just pause for a second. And like Lauren, my co-founder is really, really good at like reminding us to be like, this is amazing what we just did. Like, let's stop and like celebrate this for a minute and not let this pass by because it's a big deal, the things that we're doing. And we should really just like celebrate these moments and not let them just pass by as like one Instagram story and then on to the next. That's so true. Put it in the highlights. (laughs) So... For someone looking to go it alone and start their career journey, what is your tip for achieving success? I would say just do it because like both of us, we started our blogging career so long ago. We started our brands early on in the world of influencers starting brands. But if we didn't just go for it back then, we wouldn't be where we are today. And if we would have waited for the perfect time or for the industry to catch up or whatever it is, we wouldn't have the business and careers that we do. And so there's never the right time. If you're thinking about doing it, just start because you never know where you'll be a year from now. It's so true. I just say, you just got to do it. You just got to go for it, don't you? Yeah, there's never a perfect time. There will always be some life thing that gets in the way. And there will always be somebody, whether it's a friend or someone you don't even know who tells you it's not possible, but then there's so many more people who are cheering you on, even if you don't know them personally. And so you have to just believe in yourself, do it. And you never really know, like it could turn out to be a huge brand or you could be a huge influencer. You have no idea. That's so true. Mariana, it was so amazing chatting with you. You are a breath of fresh air. I always love seeing you. You've got a huge cheerleader in me over in Australia, cheering on with every story that you post and everything that you do. Congratulations on all your success so far. I I think you're amazing. And thank you for being on this with me. Thank you for having me. Sliding Doors is hosted by me, Elle Ferguson, producer Tina Matalov, audio production by Darcy Thompson, executive producer Jennifer Goggin, and a special thanks to my manager, Camille Toulouse, for always being a fresh pair of ears on each episode. 
listener.